so tonight's this is basically a sort of introduction to uh, the Beatitudes, but I, I had read this story, and I'm satisfied in being places I have been, this possibly was a true story. It said there was a lady sitting with her husband at the football game, and people, people that were seated behind her had spilt their drink on her. She'd already eaten so much popcorn, she was sick of popcorn. Her team was losing by 40 points. She was freezing to death. So she was shivering, and she turned to her husband and said, Tell me, is this fun or what? <laughs> Reminds me of uh, a picture of some Christians in church. Now, don't you listen. Some Christians in church, they are miserable. They are mad. And most of the time, it's because of a misunderstanding. And yet they keep coming hoping things are going to get better and just hope somebody don't touch the wrong shoulder because that's where the chip is, okay? And uh, so think about that. You know, I've known some people that were, I don't know how to say this other than miserably saved, just just plumb miserable with it. You know, if I knew this is what it's going to be like, I believe I wouldn't have went this way. Mad, miserable, misunderstood. Now, Jesus is in the, in the business of providing people with happiness. Happiness. Now, we know that our Lord was saddened on several occasions. He was saddened at the, at the passing of Lazarus. He was saddened at a funeral that he attended. He was saddened when he came up on the temple and had to run the guys out of there from, for selling stuff in the temple. It was saddened him. But, see, we don't need to let the sadness rob us of our joy. Because on the good side, Jesus is on the good side. The devil is on the bad side. And the devil will see to it that we are robbed of our blessings, our happiness in the Lord. Now, hey, things can be going bad, okay? I'm talking sour south. But to know that we're saved, that we are a child of God will make all the difference in the world. Are we blessed? That's just a simple question. Hey, I'm more blessed than I deserve. God has blessed me over and over, and I think some I never would have dreamed, never in all my wildest dreams, at 70 years old, God will be using me, and I'm blessed beyond measure that I can help other people. I mean, it's, it's just nothing but a, an amazing miracle uh, to me. Um, now, um, Cassie, if, if you're doing that, would you put up verse um, 3? Verse 3. Just verse 3, if you can scan to that. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And it's what it says. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Do you plan to go? Hey, I got I don't plan to go, I'm going. Okay? People sometimes say, Do you plan to be on this trip? Lord willing, I'm gonna be on this trip. Hey, he's it's his will already that I'm on my way to heaven. Because Jesus laid his life down for you and for me. I don't have a, a question. 
am I going? Hey, it's a known fact. All right? And when I think about uh, blessed, and we're going we're gonna to look at these things in, in the uh, Sunday nights that lie ahead if the Lord wills, um, of, of chapter 5, uh, 6, and 7. Uh, this is a long sermon uh, that the Lord Jesus preached and taught. And there are many nuggets to be discovered uh, in the Beatitudes. And I do not want to get in a hurry in covering these things. Uh, you know, I'm ashamed of myself tonight, okay? I can probably name the Ten Commandments. I may not get them all in order. But I'm ashamed I can't name all the Beatitudes let alone get them in order. And there's less of them than there are uh, the Ten Commandments. But as I've, I've pondered over this, I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to be where he wants me to be. And uh, I want, in order to, to be somebody, you've got to be something, okay? And the Beatitudes will help us to be what God wants us to be. Um, I say rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. And rejoice again in the Lord and all that he has done. Uh, in the beginning of the sermon uh, on the mount, it tells us of the whole point of the sermon. Uh, that we sh- are truly a blessed people in spite of what the world might say. We have, should have joy and gladness in our hearts. And after that, Jesus goes to talk about how it is all possible. Because the world says, hey, and to make me happy... I want to be down on the lake with a case of beer, and I want to be out there catching fish, and I don't care if it is Sunday. Or I want to be on the golf course with my little buggy and my beer and just having a big time. A man told me one time, he said, listen, you can visit me all you want to. I'm glad for you to come. But I'll tell you now, Sunday is my golfing day, and that is where I will be. But you come anytime you want to. It's okay. He was my friend. I prayed with him. Never did he say it. Don't want you praying with me. Some time passed, and I still tried to be his friend, be his friend. He never asked me to go golfing with him, though, like somebody else I know. But uh, I got a phone call. He was in the hospital choking to death. One thing led to another. He got saved. (laughs) He got baptized. He got in Earl's Grove Church. He became one of the deacons. I mean, it's amazing what God will do if he has to. If he has to. He loves us so much. Whatever it takes to get our attention, he's going to do it. Because he paid top dollar for you and me. He paid blood money. Blood. Hey, you ever been to the hospital and needed blood and can't find it? Because of the type? God's in control of the blood, by the way. And it's the blood that you and I have been bought and paid for. And when we think about that, Matthew 5 through 7 is the lifestyle that produces the kind of happiness that God intends to be. So, ever how long it takes, Sunday in, Sunday out, and please, if you don't like it, Fill in, if you don't like what's going on, take your bulletin and color in every zero. But don't lay out, you know, just color in every zero. The man said, I don't like his preaching, so what I do, I just sit and read, the, read my Bible while he's preaching. Well, that's okay too. 
at least you're in the Word. <laughs> if I can't, if I can't through my preaching and the Holy Spirit of God can't get to you, maybe He will by you just reading the Word of God. Now, I want to read verses uh, one and two. And seeing the multitudes, now this is Jesus. Okay, He's looking out. He's seeing all the people, the multitudes. Could have been hundreds, could have been thousands. I don't know. Could not have been 50. But he says, look it out. He saw the multitudes. He went up into a mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying. And then that begins the Beatitudes. And we see the occasion here. The occasion in verses 1 and 2 is for him to take an opportunity to teach his disciples. Okay, it doesn't say nothing about the multitude came, but he went up into a mountain, took a seat, and then the disciples joined him. Uh, the teacher, of course, we don't have a question there who the teacher is, it's Jesus. The setting, private. Went to the mountain, sat down, and the disciples gathered around him. The style, he sat down, so to me it was just a casual Casual conversation. Boys, I got some stuff I want to tell you. As I've looked at the multitude, as I've walked through the city, as I've seen the sin that's there, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be something and be it for the glory of God. You see, in the Old Testament, we have the Ten Commandments. Okay? The Bible says if we break one, we have broken all of them. So I say for the Ten Commandments, it is tough to live out the Ten Commandments. In the New Testament, we have the Beatitudes. Ten, New Te- Ten Commandments versus nine Beatitudes. And when I think about that, hey, the Beatitudes to me <clears throat> is tougher than the commandments. When we look at it, and we are, Lord willing, we are going to look at them one at a time, and we're going to Hopefully test them out and measure where are we when it comes to being what God wants us to be. The word blessed simply means happy or blissful, but the world says that's nonsense. You can't be happy doing what you do. Let me tell you something. I, I love my pontoon. I love to get out on the pontoon. I love my motorcycle. I love to get out on the motorcycle. I love my tractors. I love to get on the tractors. But a lot of times, a lot of times, I don't get to do it. Why? Because I just don't take time to do it, okay? Someone said that the preacher one time named his um, boat visitation. So when people call, and then the wife answered the phone, says, the pastor says, no, he's out on visitation. <laughs> okay, well, I ain't going to put that on my motorcycle or my tractor or my boat, all right? I tell people I am a 24-7 pastor, okay? If you call me, I'm going to do my best to answer your And if I miss it, I'm going to return it, okay? <clears throat> a local pastor once told me, said, your people know too much about you. They know where you are all the time. They know that they can call you and you're going to respond right then and there. Ha, he says. I said, that's okay. I said, son, I'm not. And he was young, much younger than me. I don't know what seminary he went to, but I said, let me tell you something. I'm not just a preacher on Sunday. I'm the pastor seven days a week. 
Now, I'm not the best preacher, okay? I'm not the best pastor. But I try to incorporate it, and I try to do both, okay? I want to be not what you want or what you need, but I want to be what God wants me to be and be where he wants me to be and be saying what he wants me to say. Now, with that being said, the word blessed in the New Testament refers to the inward peace and joy, okay? Inward peace and joy. That inward peace of knowing, hey, I'm a child of God. No matter what happens to me tonight or tomorrow or to my family, I'm at peace with God. I was laying on the table in the emergency room at Oconee Hospital with a curtain pulled. Not one soul was in there with me. I supposed, in my mind, I'm dying, okay? I had over a hundred fire ant bites, all right? They had EKG going. They had IVs in both arms and checking my blood pressure back and forth. And the doctor says, how do you feel? I said, I feel like something's standing on me right there. Well, with a hundred fire ant bites, you most of the time don't survive, but you see, God is a God who's in control. Who made the fire ants? Now, the fire ants had stung so many times that it had basically, I guess, and I don't know this for a fact, okay, shocked my heart that she kept on pumping. And I mean, it was working hard. Now, you say, well, where was Lynn? This was before daylight when I discovered that I had been bitten a few times. And so I flew in the house and I told her, I said, I have been bitten by fire ants. I'm on my way to the hospital now. You ladies can go here. She had just gotten out of bed. No, she ain't going to the hospital that way. I drove myself to Oconee Hospital, walked in the emergency room, and barely got to the desk and all I could say was fire ants. And I mean immediately, they made things happen. And the doctor, I could hear him now, he said, I've never seen so many bites on a man in my life. But God, here again, was in control. And as I was laying there on that bed, <clears throat> I thought, Lord, if this is it, <clears throat> excuse me, I said, it's fine. I, I, I'm ready to go, okay? And I picture this, this is a sight, okay? I didn't see this, I was told this. When I had gotten in there, they stripped me of everything I had on except my work boots. Are you ready? I'm in this one-way gown. I'm covered up with a sheet up to about here. The only thing that's hanging out is them two boots. I heard a voice say, I know that's him. (laughs) And the doctor says, how do you know? She says, that's Lynn, I recognize the boots. And the doctor would say, are you sure? (laughs) Hey, again, God was at work right there. I mean, it did, those five, they did not rob me of my joy. They did not rob me of my peace that I had within to know that, hey, if this is it, this is it. But the world would say, oh, hey, it's over with. I knew, you know. That the world, listen to me, the world is negative when it comes to the peace and joy that you and I have in our heart and we experience, okay? Um, 
Now think about the character of blessedness. First of all, the character of blessedness in God. Blessed is the word that indicates character. Character in your life and mine. Um, Psalm 6, you don't have to write this down, but if you want to, Psalm 68, 35, blessed be God. Psalm 72, 18 says, blessed be the Lord God. Psalm 119, 12 says, blessed are thou, O Lord. And then 1 Timothy 1, 11 calls the Lord the blessed God. From the old all the way through the new. And if you didn't get those scriptures, let me give them to me again. Right, Psalm 68, 35. Psalm 72, 18. Psalm 119, verse 12. And 1 Timothy 1, 11. Now that's, that's in God, okay? What about in us as Christians? Since blessedness is a part of God, and it's a part of Christ's character... And if we have him living within us, you remember what Paul said? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be like God, but took upon himself the whole world's sins and became a servant. The Bible says, even unto death, our Lord. That was him. It's not only in God, in Christians but in the world, let me tell you something, it's confusing. The Beatitudes may be, could be, misery in order to, to make happiness. As the first one says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The lost has no idea about the kingdom of heaven. You remember when Jesus walked the streets? Uh, they get, a lot of times the disciples say, Lord, is, is this the time? When's this going to happen? When's that going to happen? And he finally, he said, listen, it's not for you to know the times or the hour. But when that comes, no man will know. I'll be coming as a thief in the night. So the world's confused by it. So that's why you and I not only do our best to keep the Ten Commandments, but to do our part in walking through and accepting and trying to be what God wants us to be through the Beatitudes. Um, an example of the world of Solomon. I don't suppose there was any more magnificent king that ever lived than him. Uh, he had everything anybody could ever want. And yet in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 2, he says... Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What he meant was, it's just empty pride. I've got the whole world, and what have I got? And the, and the New Testament says, if a man gain the whole world, and what? Lose his soul, what good is it? What good is it? I think of the rich man. Listen, hey, he had everything, but he wound up in hell begging just a drop of water. Just a drop. I can't imagine just a drop. Good intentions, but it didn't work. So why should we, so why should we study um, the Ten Commandments? Uh, why should we study the Sermon on the Mount? Um, well, first of all, it shows the necessity of the new birth. Now, how does the new birth come about? It comes about, first of all, by conviction. Okay, unless we are convicted of our sins, we're not going to change. 
And if we're convicted, the next step is we confess our sins. And the next step is we repent of those sins and we go in a different direction. Um, it clearly points to what Christ stood for. Peter said uh, upon this, I mean, Jesus said to Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail, prevail against it. You remember he asked the question, Jesus asked the question, said, who do men say that I am? Well, some say thou Elijah, some say thou John the Baptist. He said, well, I, I don't worry about those two boys. Those boys are taking care. I want to know who you say that I am. And that's where Peter said, made that great statement. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, huh, you didn't come up with that on your own. The spirit of God revealed that to you. I love it when the spirit of God clearly speaks. And it's not audible. It's not audible. I think of this. How does God speak? Three simple ways. He speaks through his word. He speaks through circumstances. And he speaks through people. Okay? When we read chapters, Matthew chapters 5 through 7, we're going to discover what Jesus thinks of life and his standard for living a life. Standards for living. I mean, we're going to look at that. Um, in fact, it's the only way that you and I can be happy uh, is to allow the Sermon on the Mount to become a part of our very being. Um, the word best means, hey, be the best you can. It'll have to, it has to do with evangelism. If we could just live out, and it's tough, it's tougher to live out the Beatitudes, we, we would win more people to Jesus. We would have more of an influence on the lost world if we could just live out every day the Beatitudes. And I'm going to be, I'm going to admit to you, hey, I want to study them. I want to see what they're saying to me personally. I want, I want them to speak to me personally as to where I am in, my, in my, my walk with Christ. I can't do anything if I'm not trying to be something. And if I'm not trying to be something, then hey, I need to look because Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And what? His righteousness, not mine, and all these things shall be added unto you. You see, the, the Beatitudes is a matter of Christian attitude. And sometimes our attitude is like a dirty diaper. You smell it before you get to it. It is our attitude. So what is our attitude as we think about this? What is our attitude toward God? What is our attitude toward Jesus, his son? What is our attitude toward his word? What is our attitude toward his house? What is our attitude toward his people? And what is our attitude toward his plan of salvation? I truly am blessed of God, whom all blessings flow. But may I have and keep the right attitude. You know, sometimes we need an attitude adjustment. 
And that can only come, hey, I want it to come from God, not somebody. Okay? I want it to come from God. So, hopefully this has whetted our, uh, our appetite to look at chapters 5, 6, and 7 as we begin to go through the Beatitudes and see not only where it fits into our individual lives, but where does it fit in the life of this church family. Father, thank you for the evening. Lord, as we begin in a a series on the Beatitudes, Lord, I want to be all you'd have me to be. I want you to help me to concentrate on the Beatitudes, that I might be a better pastor, that I might be a better Christian, that I that I might be better at everything I do and everything I say. To know that one day I will give an account of this life and the things that I have done in and with this life, whether it be good or bad, I know I will have to stand before you and give an account. God, I pray that you'd have mercy upon my soul. In Jesus' name, amen.